I'm in Vancouver this week. I'm excited and nervous and more excited to be performing my one-man show at the Hunch Festival this Saturday, May 11th at 7.30 at the Redgate Theater. Wait, 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 where is it? At the Redgate Review Stage. That's it. In Vancouver. Did I mention that? It's in Vancouver. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's happening. It's happening, y'all. Get your tickets at uh, hunchfest.com. That's H-U-N-C-H-F-E-S-T dot com. Because you can't come to my dancing school and don't know anything about tap dancing. You don't know who Bill Robinson is. You don't know who Shirley Temple is. You don't know. What, what do you mean you come in and you don't know that? Sit down. You're getting a history lesson today. <laughs> we'll dance later. You're getting a history lesson. Whose shoulders are you standing on? That is my teacher, Miss Swing herself, the incomparable tap master, Ethel Bruno. And this is the Tap Love Tour podcast. Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Travis Knights. Wow. Okay, so I was just in Montreal teaching and performing at an event called Vernacular Spectacular, the first of its kind. The event was produced through um, the swinginest, swinginest, jazziest place in Montreal, Cat's Corner, by Megan Gilmore and Anaïs Sikini. You may recognize the name Anaïs from a previous podcast. Um... Uh, how do I say this? Um, easily. My heart was full of joy being able to contribute to the happenings at this event. No surprise, of course, but every class that I taught and even the performances that I was a part of, it was all informed by the explorations showcased through this podcast. Having just produced the Jazz United workshops with uh, Heather Cornell in Toronto... I was on message like nobody's business, let me tell you. Uh, I may have... (laughs) I'm sure... I may have come off as obnoxious, but I can't apologize for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Canadian. We love to apologize, but I can't apologize for that. The main message I was pushing was the reunion of the sacred relationship between music and dance, musicians and dancers. It all came to a head the last day of the weekend event when we had this live music workshop jam, right? The band was led by the incredible Emily Estrella. The room was filled with fantastic dancers, and we all fell into this incredible moment of pure magic. The founding artistic director of Hollow Jazz, Natasha Powell, who you may also recognize from this podcast, so we both led this group in an exercise where we were aiming to blur the lines between musicians and dancers. Okay, so we had Emily singing, and Andy was on trumpet, and Davis was on banjo, moving freely through the dancers in the room, right? The rest of the band were locked in the back of the room. We could, you know, this is nothing we could have done about that. We, we, we tried, nothing we could do. It's hard to move around with a, with a piano, a double bass, and a full drum kit, okay? So they were locked, those cats were locked. But anyways, uh, while the song was being played, the dancers naturally circled around the free-roaming musicians. You know, I, w- I was observing it from the outside. It was, it was like a, this, the people, they represented this, this river of energy. And everybody did their part to, to inject or contribute uh, just a little bit of energy into this river. Now, over time, the dancers formed a great big circle. But it wasn't like, you know, the circles that you may be used to if you're in the swing community. Um, People went in and out of the circle, of the center of the circle, uh, but they weren't featuring, you know, they weren't pulling any kind of focus. They were just being, right? As the song developed, Emily channeled a burst of energy as she sang the last head of the song. Everyone at this point was feeding into and off of this pool of energy with no real focal point. No real focal point. No competition. No showboating. No wow power moves. No look at me. Just pure being in the presence of this energy. 
And by the end, both Natasha and I had goosebumps. At least one dancer had tears in their eyes. The whole experience was overwhelming. It's why I don't care if I come off as obnoxious. I've seen what is possible when you don't press play. When you invite musicians into the room, but more than that, when you blur the lines. I'm talking about dancers making rhythms and singing and musicians full out dancing. I'm talking about allowing ourselves to be more than the roles that we've either been assigned or the roles that we've reduced ourselves to. I'm talking about creating a new culture inspired by a time and a place that we can never return to, a culture centered around the freedom of expression called jazz. What a great weekend. Now, before this jam session, we were blessed by the presence of my teacher, Miss Swing, otherwise known as Ethel Bruno. If you're not hip to who she is, check out episodes uh, six and eight of this podcast. Suffice it to say, she is a master teacher, an elder originally from Harlem, New York, who learned to tap dance from the woman who taught both Lois Bright and Dr. Jenny Lagan how to dance, Mary Bruce. Ethel moved to Montreal at the age of 16 while touring with Cab Calloway, and Canada has been richer for it ever since. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from a talk she gave at this event at Cat's Corner in Montreal. Without further ado, please extend your cleanest left foot shuffles and welcome to the Tap Love Tour podcast, my teacher, Ethel Bruno. We're at Cat's Corner and we're having a ball. Yeah! Mary Bruce is uh, Ethel's teacher, Ethel Bruno formerly Ethel, Ethel Waterman, uh, comes from Harlem, New York. And she learned from her teacher, Mary Bruce. I remember one of the first classes I ever took with Ethel, she made sure to tell me about the name Mary Bruce. She was important for her and therefore important to me to, to share where she came from. And I'm interested in, 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 in learning as much as I can about Mary Bruce. I know that she trained uh, Jenny Lagan. I know that she trained Lois Bright. I know that she trained Apple Bruno. Uh, I'm interested in knowing, yeah. you know, where you uh, come from. Well, Mary Bruce uh, came to, to Harlem um, in the 30s. She, this, there were two sisters, Mary Bruce and Sadie Bruce. And Mary and Sadie opened a school in Chicago. And then Mary Bruce came to New York in 1937. And she opened her studio on 125th Street uh, between 7th and 8th Avenue. It was in a loft, upstairs in a loft, and it was on a corner. We were down the street from the Apollo Theater. And so my father took me there when I was three years old to Mary Bruce. And um, when I went, I mean, I, I took ballet. She taught ballet. She taught acrobatics and she taught tap dancing. And she also taught acting lessons. Um, so as I, I grew up in there, I, I, when I got to be around eight, I just loved tap dancing. I did all the rest of it, but I love tap. So um, I, was hanging, I was hanging out there all the time. I have six sisters and one brother, and we all tap danced. <laughs> And they were, some of them were a little bit older than me. But on Saturdays, I would get there at 9 o'clock in the morning and spend my whole day there till 6 o'clock in the evening. Because wow. I was interested in seeing all the classes and watching all the classes. And then finally one day she told me, I'm going to make you a junior teacher. And I, I was thrilled about that. So what she would do was, she had a certain way of doing it. She played the piano. She did not use records. Her and Henry Latina, the only teachers that bang out on the piano, whatever. <laughs> and they played the same rhythm for ballet as they did for tap. Go up to three, four, three, four, three, And from air position, so, you know, she, this is what she taught. And 
I remember the, the first dance we, we did was called the first dance. It was very simple. It was side, cross, side, cross, bump, cross, side, cross, heel, toe, heel, down, heel, toe. And then jeté. It wasn't no time for the jeté. Jeté. Kick, <laughs> two, three. Jeté. Jeté. And so, you know, from there, then she really got into it. Then she started taking us across the floor. Um, we got a little more advanced. Mary Bruce said, when, when you're making a cake, if you don't put the butter in there, you ain't got no cake. <laughs> so when you tap, you gotta put the butter in, in the step. <laughs> Travis didn't just start dancing like that. Travis walked in, standing there looking at me like eight years old and okay. <laughs> right toe, left toe, and he's just looking at me. <laughs> And I had to get down on my hands and knees and go, right, left, all right. <laughs> you know? And so Mary Bruce gave me my foundation. She taught me everything I know. There's, a, there's um, an aspect about the way you function that I'm trying to um, understand myself and, and yeah, inc incorporate into my being. And I think... You told me it comes from Mary Bruce, but um, the aspect of, of community, of um, being more than about the dollar. Yeah. I, I, like I've seen you, I've seen kids come into your school and say, I, I can't pay, and you give them this look like, who cares? Well, for me, when Mary Bruce taught many kids in Harlem, and believe me, we were, we were from, the, uh, from the war. You know, we, we grew up, I grew up during the war. So uh, my parents, my father worked in the post office and my mother took care of kids for the city. So I grew up, Mary Bruce gave me everything. She never charged me anything. And I don't believe that anybody should get kids into school and only if you can pay. And I, that's what bothers me about uh, when I see schools, they won't take the kids. I've seen kids go to a school and they're turned away because they can't afford to pay a thousand dollars a month and they can't afford to be in have a five hundred dollar costume. Well, let me tell you, when we first went to the first competitions we went to, the parents made the costumes. I designed them, and the parents made them. I don't turn away anybody. If you don't have it, you don't have it. If you don't have it, I don't got it. Don't worry about it. We'll eat some beans. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll ma manage, you know. I tell my landlord, listen, I can't pay you this month because I ain't got no money. What are you going to do, throw me out the door? And he just looks at me and walks away. <laughs> you know? So, you know, because me, I believe that every person should be able to take dance lessons. I don't think, if I had many students, the parents come at the like campaign, so, but, you know, we, we, what would we do when, you were, uh, when I was at the UNIA on Notre Dame Street? We all, I had maybe over 100 kids in there. And on Saturdays, they come in at uh, 9, and I had uh, two very good friends of mine. I don't know if you ever heard of Donnie Jordan, and Donnie Jordan is the first black dancer to be on the Light Young Show on, on CFCF. And he has gone on to become the president of the union. He has been on TV on, on all many TV shows. And he's still teaching. And he's one of the best jazz teachers out here. And so we had Donnie, and we had Heather Payne for ballet, and me for tap. And the kids would come in in the morning. First they get, they get their tap lessons, an hour and a half. Then Donnie would come in and give him a, a jazz lesson, an hour and a half. Then uh, uh, Heather would come and give him a ballet lesson. And, I, and they never asked for any money. What I would do when I was teaching uh, nursery school in Montreal West, the money that I made in Montreal West, I paid my teachers. But the children, I wanted them to learn. I don't care 
I want you to know what it's about, and I want you to know the history, because you can't come to my dancing school and don't know anything about tap dancing. You don't know who Bill Robinson is. You don't know who Shirley Temple is. You don't know. What, what do you mean you come in and you don't know that? Sit down. You're getting a history lesson today. <laughs> we'll dance later. You're getting a history lesson. Whose shoulders are you standing on? Everybody in here tap dancing or taking a uh, uh, ballroom or whatever, whatever, Lindy Hop. Whose shoulders are you standing on? Frankie Manning. Yeah. Norma Miller. Yeah. They were the ones that originated it. They went all the way to Africa. They went to Australia. They went all over. And these, this is where jitterbug and swing comes from, Harlem. In the Savoy Ballroom. And then Ed Sullivan in the 50s had the Harvest Moon Ball. And that's when TV had just come on. And they would go and dance. This is what it was. Because in Harlem, when I went to dancing school, I learned swing. I learned jitterbug. I learned tap. Because we had, Frankie would come in and give us a lesson. Bill Robinson would come in and give us a tap lesson. John Bubbles would come in and give us a tap lesson. Paul Draper. So these are the people that I grew up with. This is what Mary Bruce stood for in the school. And she also taught you how to be a good citizen. Give back to your community. Be able to give back. Don't just come out and dance and say, well, you know, uh, I, I want to make money. If you're good at what you do, Money will come sooner or later. You're not going to get rich off a dance, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> outreach has always been important to me. Everybody should be in an outreach program. You know, go into your schools, your children's schools, and ask, can you teach a class? Can I come in and teach after school? Young people, go in. Go into the schools. Say, I'm, I'm Kara, and I teach, such, I teach tap, or I teach jazz, or I teach what. Can, would it be possible to come in and teach a class? This is how we do the outreach programs. We go into group homes. Go into old age homes. I used to take you guys to a lot of old age homes. You know? It, it, it's just... For me, and my, you know, my oldest student is 85 years old, and unfortunately now she has Alzheimer's. But we pick her up every Wednesday, bring her, bring Lilo to class, because that's her surrounding where she is. You know, pictures, and she knows her dances. She may not remember if she ate lunch or whatever, but. And I teach, I taught Down syndrome, I taught autism, because when they would say, oh, they can't do this, and they, they're sick and you just take your time and, you know, I mean, look at Jordana. She started when she was four. The other dancing schools kicked her out. They wouldn't take her. And the mother came and said, well, they won't take my daughter. Why? She's autism. And, she, and because she stands there and does this, so I said, well, bring her. And she came, and she used to stand in the corner up. And one day I said, you know, Jordana, this is your spot over here, when you're ready. And she stayed in that corner until she was ready. One day I looked over, and she was in the class. And then, they, and then I had the mothers on my back because they said, are you taking her to competition? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> She's going to competition. Nick has won, won overall first place. And he's 14 now. You know? And hey, he, it might take him, a, take him a while to process what's going on. You know, like, I, like now he's 14, he's really funny. I go, Friday I went, Nicholas, Maxie Boy. And he was like, Maxie Boy. Mm. And then I said, you know Maxie Boy. And then he thought, and he got it. And then the summer, when, they, when they all came back in September, and I said, does every, anybody remember their, the group number? Who got up and did it perfectly? Nicholas. So, you know, you have to take the time. 
And if you do have people in your class like that, take the extra time with them. Yeah. Don't just jumble them up with all the Say, oh, did you have a good class today? Uh, do you have any problems? Because I wrote out the routine for him last Friday. And he looked at me and said, you're a very nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's because I want you to know it, you know? Yesterday, when they didn't remember something, he said, let me go get my notebook. Then came back again. So I just think that, you know, I love dance, and I love to see people dance, and I love to, you know, I'll teach anybody. You know, just ask me. When you love something, you love it. Love what you do. Don't go teach tap dancing if you don't love it. Get another job. <laughs> and I'm lucky because... There's two things I always wanted to do, be a nursery school teacher and be a tap teacher. So I look at this old yearbook and I look back at it and it says, Ethel Bruno, uh, Ethel Waterman, owner of a chain of dance studios. <laughs> that, that was in high school, that was way back in 1951 or something like that. But I just go on, you know, and there's, there are days when, when I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna make it out of here. But hey, I, I climb the steps, I get down, I do what I have to do, I hold that bar, and I teach. So, you know, and I said, you know, if God wants me, he'll take me when I'm ready. But you know what? I'm happy what I'm doing when I look at Henry Latang, Bunny Briggs, Sandman Sims. Uh, these people lived into their 90s and hundreds, and they're still, Bunny, uh, Diane was telling me, Bunny would get up. In the nursing home, they gave him a room, and he'd get in that room and start tap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a hundred years old. So, and it's the only form of dance that you can dance until you're a hundred or over. Tap dancing. Whenever there's something going on that had, contains the tap, cancel and bring your students so they can learn. Yeah. <laughs> because that, that doll will be there the next time you go. But I said, you, you have to come and be there, even if you're not dancing, to see what your students do. They might show up, they're going to be dancing. Come, because this is what I'm about. I'm about showing up to anything that has to do with dance. Could be ballet, could be jazz, but I'll show up. I remember the first time when I went to Vancouver, I went on the bus. I was three days on the bus. I had another little student of mine, Justin Jackson, who's gone out to make good what he's doing. And we were on that bus for three days, but we made it up there. And, what, and I taught him what it was all about, to be able to go to the workshops, to do the shows, to see other tap dancers. Don't just, you know, oh, well, I tap and I don't go to anybody else's school. Well, we got a lot of dance teachers here like that that won't let their kids go anywhere. Uh, we're getting ready, last year we did National Tap Day, May the 25th, I hope all of you all know who, what day that is, and whose birthday it is. Bill Robinson, the father of tap dancing. <laughs> Celebrated all over the world. Come to Quebec. Quebec is like, who? Huh? They don't know. So this is, I told my friend Benny, who's been teaching for over 40 some years with me. We, together, we put a, together the National Tap Dance Day. So he called me up two weeks ago and said, Ethel, what are we doing? I said, well, we're, we're putting on National Tap Day. Where are we gonna do it? I said, I don't know, but we're gonna do it. So we decided, because uh, uh, Ballet Montreal is in Point Clear, and it's a big place, that we would do it there, because I don't have to climb stairs like I've been usually doing, and we could do it there. But the thing is, and I, I tell people, let your tap dancers come. Then nobody's gonna steal them. <laughs> They're coming because, first of all, it's, it's a community. The tap community, we're all getting together. We're all having fun. We're, we're all doing it because we love tap dancing. Not, Oh, well, I can't come because I have a class on that day. Well, you know what? Cancel your class on that day yeah. and come to the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bring those kids 
So they learn about who Bill Robinson was, who Fred Astaire is, who Gregory Hines is, who Savion Glover is. Because they don't seem to know. Because why? They're not taught that by a teacher. The other day, well, I did the Waltz Club the other day, and this lady came and she's like, what kind of dance is that? <laughs> I said, well, it's called the Waltz Club. It's three-fourth time. And it's a very simple dance. Slam, shuffle, ball change, slam, shuffle, ball change. You know? And I said, the dance was created by a gentleman by the name of Pat O'Rooney. He was from Ireland, and it's an Irish dance. So a lot of you are Irish, so you should know what a waltz clock is. <laughs> you know? So it, it, she, said, she, came, she said, my kids never learned that. They don't know what that is. I said, well, you know, maybe the teacher doesn't know. But in my school, you're going to learn everything. You're going to learn every dance. Who danced it? Where they come from? Everything. Because Mary Bruce taught us like that. There were days when she'd sit down, sitting in a circle, one of her famous circles, and sit there and, and, t and tell us all about the dancers. And then sometimes we'd look up and somebody would come in like... Um, Bill Robson walked in one day, and the kids were so excited. We were like, oh, God, Bill Robson. <laughs> and he said, all right, kids, I'm going to stand up. And we got stood up in our eyes. And he said, put your hands on your waist. And this is the Bill Robinson step. This is Bill Robinson. Another time, John Bubbles came in there and showed us how to do a good cramp roll. <laughs> we were like, oh. And he, <laughs> Now, let me see you, because, you know, he would get into the personality. <coughs> then Henry would come along. Now, I know you all know the Shim Sham. Yeah. Well, Henry Latang, it's between Henry Latang and um, Leonard Reed. They always had their little argument going, who invented it? <laughs> now, you know, you have to laugh, because Leonard... It was 94, 95 in the past. And he, a, week, a few weeks before that, he came on television. And Henry was a little bit younger. And he said, I created that dance. And then Henry said, yeah, but I created the break. So, so they created it. So everybody knows the dance by Henry Shimsham. So I tell people, if you don't know, go onto your computers. Talk to a tap dancer in Europe. Talk to somebody in Germany. This, so that's why I'm sad that um, international tap is not in book form anymore. Because you look in that book and you see people from all over the world. And they'll go on and they'll talk to you about what you know. And I've had students that come from Poland. I've had students that come from Germany. I've had to come in and take my class for two weeks. Or two, and, uh, and they would say, do, uh, we, uh, I said, what do you know? Oh, we know the Shim Sham. We know Henry Shim Sham. I mean, we went to New York. Diane was teaching the class. And it was on uh, Steps on Broadway. And she had a big group of eight and nine-year-olds. And my granddaughter, Tisha Images, were in the class. And then Diane said, okay, now we're going to spread out and let's do the shim sham. All these kids stood there looking at this, her like, what is that? <laughs> so she said, put your hands up if you know. So the only two hands that went up on anything was Tisha Majiza like this. <laughs> you know, so she said, I don't know. She, you know her, she said, I'm going to talk to these dance teachers. I don't know what they're doing. And the kids said simply, oh, we're learning how to do a competition routine. They weren't learning technique. You know, you can make up your own competition routine. But it's to have the technique to learn how to sell what you're doing. You know, and here they have, the, the, what is it, the Broadway tap, which is geometrical. And, and they're like, <laughs> and then the other Bruno dance just come out and just go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the judges go, 
the teachers get mad because they say, oh, Ethel Bruno dances first place, overall first place, whatever, you know. And this guy can make up a routine. Like, he is so imaginary with the seniors, with the jizz in them, making up the routines. You've done, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Fallen? Oh, yeah. You remember that? Back in the day, yeah. And then, he was 14, 15 years old, and he would come up with this, I'm going to choreograph Fallen. So he would get in the class. <laughs> <laughs> he would get in the class with, with Mijiz and them. Have you ever been in love? No. no. Well, you're going to be in love now. <laughs> Sometimes I <laughs> That, that number specifically, Brian Foley thought that I had choreographed it, and I said, no, I didn't. Travis, and I, so the girls came out and danced, they got overall, and he says, where's that teacher? He came up and was kissing my tap shoes. I said, well, you got the wrong tap shoes. <laughs> it should be Travis, you know? But to, just to see that I want tap dancing to be passed down. I want people to love what they're doing. You know, I, I, I just get, I get really excited. You know, I watch tap movies every single night. I go back and I watch two to three movies. Fred Astaire, Shall We Dance, uh, Pennies from Heaven, uh, whatever's on C... Uh, C that, that, what's that channel? What's uh, the channel? The Turner Classic? Turner Classic. Uh. <laughs> just, you don't have Turner Classic, you need to get Turner <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Okay, so um, I think it's a question that's relevant to all jazz dancers. Uh, it's a question that's relevant in the in the in the <coughs> hip hop uh, mm -hmm. culture, the community. Yeah. Um, all these <clears throat> diasporic African diasporic yeah. dancers uh, dances um, style, individual style is incredibly important. Yes. Can you tell me about your perspective on style? I think you know. Once you learn how to dance, as Sammy said, once you learn how to do that time step, now you come up with some stuff. Oh, style. Using, like, they, like these two were doing. With their arms. You saw they had style in what they were doing. They were moving. It, you know, you have to have style. Like I tell anybody, if you're going to be a dancer, and you're going somewhere, have style. And another thing, everybody has, have your own style. It's nice to, to, to look at other people, but you always have your own style. When I came up here, I was one of the few girl tap dancers that worked every club in Montreal. All over, Val d'Or, Seven Islands. That, I, I traveled to those. And I, I started out as singing and tap dancing. But I had my own style. And I remember the guys just bubbled and then would come up and say, girl, you, you can tap like a man, but you're feminine like a lady. <laughs> and all, like a lady, like Eleanor, the difference between Eleanor Paul and Ann Miller. How many people see Ann Miller? She's more, she's very, very flirty, very out there, very, you know, sex, let's say, you know. Now, Eleanor Paul, is the hooker. She has a style. She has her style. And she, she's the hooker, but she's different from Ann Miller, because Ann Miller is flirty and fast. Eleanor Paul is a dancer. She's a hooker. So when these people come up and tell me about, oh, yeah, my kids are doing, my kid is doing Broadway tap. What is Broadway tap? Broadway tap is hooping. Except whoever's doing the choreography in the show might be doing it a different way. But when I see these dancing schools come up and the kids look like wooden soldiers and the tops are just kneel, no, because there's no, you don't hear no rhythm coming out of their feet. One of my other students is incredible. Her name is Anna Pacanis. She teaches in Toronto, all through Toronto, and she's also a judge. And Travis was her teacher, I was her teacher. We went to a competition two years ago, and there was these tap dancers. There was about five schools with tap, and it, it, 
when we win, you're supposed to give them a special award when they tap good. And Anna got up and said, I can't give anybody an award. <laughs> I didn't hear anything coming out of their feet. And she said, well, when you come back next year, try me again and see how, I'll see how you do. <laughs> and, and she said, the reason I'm like that, Ethel Bruno taught me to be like that. <laughs> yeah, because I told you don't just, just because you're a judge and you got a friend, I'm her friend, I'm her teacher. And I was, my dad was, she said the same, pick your feet up. I know Ethel didn't show you that way. So style is very important. And Travis has developed his own style. He, he did that one dance with Gregory Hines at Plastic Arts, stole the show from Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory came out and went. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 just a minute, Travis. You stole my whole show. <laughs> Travis came out there and did his thing. You know, it was, he impressed Gregory Hines. So much so, that Gregory took him to be in the movie The Bill Robinson Story. So if he didn't have his style, I don't think he would have made it. But you've got to have your own style. If you have your own style, once you learn how to do your steps and put your routines in, get your own style. So, so I can, I can I, all day. All day. Um, I'm, I'm, great, great. No, I have a question. Um, I want to go back when you were talking about when you when you came to Montreal and you said, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I've become more interested in learning about who the Frankies or the Normans of Canada were, right? Um, because we tend to talk about the Americans and where that started and the shoulders that we're standing on. But I'm increasingly more interested in. Who was here? Who was here when I came? Yeah. John Stanzel, the grand old man of tap in Montreal. He was with Le Grand Ballet. He was Mr. Hoppelmeyer. If you ever went to the Nutcracker, that was Mr. Hoppelmeyer. But he was he was the predestine of Montreal. And then we have Mr. Charles Griffith. I don't know how many people took with Charles. Charles is still going. He's, he's about my age. He's still going. But Charles was here. Then we had um, Jean-Paul, who was married to Marion Milan, who was teaching. There was about three or four dance teachers here. Now, when you go to Ontario, I guess everybody knows Joey Hollinsworth? Because Joey Hollinsworth, if he were a kid, was on the, uh, on the romper room. He was a tap-dancing mailman on romper room. And then Mr. you had Mr. Rogers. Oh, and Mr. Rogers. He was oh. on Mr. Rogers, and he was on on Rumper Room. Mm. And then we had uh, William Olowski. You must say Olowski, yeah, yeah. Olowski. He was in Ontario. He brought in. He had his own troupe, the tap uh, the tap dance orchestra of Canada. So we had tap dancers. Different places. So sometimes we, I'd ask somebody to come down. They come down and teach a class. You know, they would teach the kids. Um, mantra, but when it came to rhythm tap, unless you brought an American up here, they didn't really see that until I got here. And before me, well, after me, Jenny Lagong in yeah. Vancouver. She danced with Bill Robinson in the movies. So Jenny Ladon was, you know, way before me. And she went, she was the first black woman to go to Hollywood. But because of the prejudice, she was supposed to be in the Broadway Melody of 1940. And then Eleanor Paul came along, so they kicked her out and took Eleanor Paul. So she never got over that, really. But she opened her dance at school in Vancouver, and Blair Underwood, you know who Blair Underwood is? He's a movie star. He's, he's, at, he's on every show, every, in all the shows. She, had, she opened her dance at school, 
she took her kids, she came to Montreal with her troupe, and she took them all over. She started the ballet classes, but they wouldn't let her, like she couldn't be in the ballet shows because we were black. But that went on, you know, when at Mary Bruce, uh, when uh, the first TV show that we did was the Ken Murray show on CBS. And Ken Murray came all the way to Harlem to pick out four dancers and end up taking 25 dancers. <laughs> <laughs> so from there we did, you know, Jackie Gleason, Stop the Music, Faye Emerson, and then Mr. Schiffman of the Apollo Theater had us in there two summers in a row. We played with Count Basie, Harry Bruce's Star Runs. So, and then there was another show, Spotlight on Harlem, which me and my cousin was on all the time. And, but here in Canada, there were, the, the acts that came here came from the state, you know? There, there weren't very, a lot of acts that, they, that were local, you know? They, they didn't have a lot of acts, but if you were from the states, black acts, they would bring all the black acts from the states, because that's the way it was. But they also had their prejudices, whereby if you, if they would put an all black show, let's say in the Momon, so we were an all black show. The next two weeks, they would put a white show. They would put the white show four times and the black show one time, but the black show would sell out. And they would say, we're gonna hold you over. And we would look at each other, are we getting a raise? <laughs> <laughs> so I went, and everybody else was like, oh Ethel, baby, we should. I said, listen, I'm going in there and speak to the boss. If he's holding us over because it's standing room only in here. So we're, I'm asking for a race. I was never afraid to ask for a race because I think I'm worth what I'm worth. Mm -hmm. that's right. And that's the way it was. But I never let that stop me. And the people that came up, all the black people that came up, you know, I, they, were, they worked. And sometimes they couldn't get work, you know. And it, it, it just like, you know, I remember I worked at CBC when it was in, uh, on Crescent Street. It was on uh, a warehouse or something on Crescent Street. And that was the first time that they, they booked a show in there. I can't remember the name of it. It was a, clip, a show about Jamaica. So they wanted us to wear these bandanas. And I certainly wasn't going to wear that. <laughs> And, you know, and we, we did, so they got used to us, but you know, it still goes on. Like, Majissa and Tisha danced for the Governor General in 1999. They did the Governor General's work with Gregory Charles. So we go to Ottawa, they practice for the month, with Tra Travis. Remember, we get there, the last rehearsal, the Pepe Mill Street there, your mom was there with me. And this lady came in, you, know, you guys weren't paying attention. And she said, well, we'll pick the lighter kid. Because she's light. And Gregory was playing the piano. And I'm over there and said, what did she say? And then Jocelyn was like, what did we hear her say? And I said, they signed the contract? and they're dancing. So when we got to Ottawa, you guys were supposed to open the show. And then they came to me and said, do you mind if they close the show? So yes, no, I don't mind. But the reason why they wanted that was because they could cut them out of the show. It got three, four black people out of a show of 25 and everybody in the show, the audience, everything is white except those two ladies that was your sister to somebody. And when she told me that, she said, oh, because it's just because we want to close the show. Then she called me up when I got home and said, oh, Ethel, I have such bad news for you. What is your news? I have to cut them out of the show. I think I levitated up to the ceiling and came down. I said, I don't think so. You're not cutting them out of the show. I said, she, she, she said, well, they're just kids. They won't know any difference. Excuse me. 
I was like, oh, no, no, no. You're not, that, I called Jocelyn. Jocelyn said, that's not happening. And my husband got on that phone, and I don't know what he said in French to her. Told <laughs> <laughs> so, her, like, call us back when they're back on the show. You know? And it, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, this stuff is still going on. You know, and like I say to Travis, you know, we should all be together. Like dancers should be together. We should, none, of, none of that stuff should go on in dancing. It doesn't go on in opera. And it shouldn't go on in dancing. You know, I just feel that I want to make, I want people to feel free and people with talent and Montreal talent. I want to see Montreal talent. You know, if if we if it's us, let's see Montreal talent because right now I don't. People are so. Oh, I'm over here. You're. I, I see it in tap dancing, and I'm wondering what's wrong with people. Why Why are you there? I said to Travis, I would love to see Toronto come down to Montreal, and then Montreal come up to Toronto to to do a show. Because we should not be separated. Like, you know, we shouldn't be separated up. You're in your dancing school over there. That's what goes on here. That I'm in my dancing school, you're in your dance, and you're over there, and we can't even get together. You know? So those are the things that, that, that you know, my gripe is about those things. And it's, when I can go to the newspaper, I go. <laughs> I mean, I go to Catherine. I, I go to Catherine Greenway. Thank God for Catherine Greenway, because she writes everything. When I call her up and tell her what we did here, she'll write it in the Gazette. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, for dancers, maybe when they're learning the style, some people want to go the teaching route. Some people want to go the performer route. Right. Um, any suggestions or thoughts or opinions for people who want to who want to perform more and maybe teach less and kind of see themselves more as performers. Well, uh, yeah, uh, maybe you're a better performer. <laughs> you know, if you rather perform, yeah. um, and, and you find places that you can perform it, perform. Because not everybody can be a teacher. You know, a lot of people are out there teaching, and they don't know how to teach. They're teaching because it's money. But they don't know how to teach. And there's a process to teach you. And number one is patience. And if, if they want to perform, you know, then they, they should start, you know, put, putting their routines together, putting their music. And, and another thing, listening to music, like Travis was saying, when you, you know, some people come, oh, I want to do a solo. I'm going to do it to Beyonce, put a, a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> That is not tap. And you have to look for music that that makes you that makes you want to tap. There's, there's songs that makes not put a ring on it. You know. Like Jennifer came up, you know Jen. She came up to me, I I, I thought I'm gonna dance, put a ring on it. Mm -hmm. She's one of my little teachers. I was I wanna put a ring I said, Jennifer. So and then when she got upset when she got the competition. And when she got high silk or something, I don't know what she got. But she, they, they didn't give me gold. I said, I wouldn't have given you gold either. <laughs> you, you, you know, get music. If you want to give your students a little solo or something, give them something to music that relates to tap. It's something that they can dance to. Don't give them something that they, it's way over their heads. Give them something that they can, like, I, I told Rain, I'm going to give him Fred Astaire. He's going to do uh, the Fred Astaire dance, you know, which he can do because the boys have done it. Nick, Nick did um, um, Me and My Shadow because it's rhythm. They can understand it. Even adults can understand it. You know, but don't give them things that they can't understand and they can't do and they don't know the beat and they don't listen to the music. 
you know? So that's what, if you want to be a, a performer, you got to know your music, you got to know tempo, and you got to know style, and you got to know timing. So, uh, you know, can I can I add to that question? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in this boat where I'm like I'm a performer, and uh, uh, um, we we did this like footage night uh, on Friday, and they allowed me to nerd out with these wonderful people. Yeah. I press play on on some 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 great some yeah. great clips from yesteryear. Yeah. And as we got further and further into contemporary tap dance. Uh, the the notion of the act was wiped away, and uh, I'm in in my generation. It is my pleasure and and, and probably uh, selfish pleasure to get up and create on the spot to music that I love. Um, uh, improvisation is very yeah. big it's in very jazz, big in jazz. Um, but in in. <laughs> When, when tap dance was at the top of its powers, um, we were talking about acts. We were talking about well-honed material. Right. And I wonder what your opinion is, thought of, is uh, about, you know, a performance artist that dives into improvisation more than... I, I, like, I feel... It's, it's definitely not laziness. I, I, I'm just not... I'm not hip to the idea of creating an act. How would I, how would I even create? I, I, don't, I don't... Well, when I started, when I came up here, um, Mary Bush created my act. Uh, but I wasn't dancing by myself. I was dancing. It was called Mr. Swinging Ethel. And before we open, we open with a song. And then we go into uh, our tap. I think it was jumping at the woodside. Yeah. Then um, from jumping at the woodside, we would the band would swing right into a soft shoe to bring it down. Because you have 15 minutes to do. And from there, we went into the jitterbug swing. And that's we closed with the jitterbug swing. But you have to, like, what do you want to open with? Are you going to open with a song? Are you going to open with a tap number first? Are you going to do some pattern, like talk on the stage, like I did? And for those breaks, so, 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 you know? So, but I think if improv is good, what, like you did last night with the band, that's improv. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's improv. You know, you just got out there, the drummer did something, you did something, the drummer, you, you, the drummer, you answered the drummer, the drummer answered you. You know it's when Diane Walker walks on the stage. She just walks out. She'll play stage a little bit. Then she'll go into her number. Notice that? Yeah. Diane goes into it. Then she'll go up to the bed. After she's done a few things, she'll go up to the, the band. And she goes. <laughs> the drummer knows to lay out. When she's done maybe five or six minutes, she'll dance back up to the bed. Meaning, let's go home. Take it out. So these are the things you, you, you have to know. You have to know when you're going into your, your last 16 bars. Like when um, Emily was singing, um, she started singing, she, you were doing the last time I did. Dinah? Dinah. When she went into Dinah, is there anyone finer? She knew the layout, and she knew when to come back in. When she's laid out until you said, "Let's come, let's get come back in." So you have these things you have to know. That's what the old acts had. I'm sure when you were showing the clips, they they have their act down because they rehearsed it, and they know what they have to do. And then if you want to, and Baby Lawrence always had lived. He would, baby Lawrence would come out and go into something and then just ad lib. Mm. You know who else? Teddy Hill. You know who else? Sadia. So it, it depends. You know, you come out, you got your music, but I never did the same show twice. 
because my in my oh yeah I'm gonna do this one and I'm I'm just gonna lay out I'm just gonna tap without the drummer and when I when I'm ready to say okay let's go home and the band is swinging that last sixteen bars like she was swinging that last sixteen bars last night. Do you have a favorite act that you saw at the Apollo? My favorite act at the Apollo was the Four Step Brothers. And my other, there was a lot of favorite acts that were there that I loved. Zip and Zelda, um, Red Fox and his partner. Oh, oh my! Uh, uh, Butterbeans and Susan. The the Patterson brothers. Oh yeah. Uh, Three hundred pounds of dynamite. Mm -hmm. So there was so many, and I learned from everybody. But when I wasn't working, I go sit in the Apollo every Saturday, bring my lunch, and sit through them awful movies so that we could see the show. <laughs> and then I, my mother was a cook for for the Apollo Theater. She cooked all the food for the acts. So she used to send us down to the theater to find out what everybody wanted and come back with all of us and she sent us back down there with the food and the hot food in the basket. So I got to meet a lot of people. I got to meet Lena, Ella, um, so many people, you know. And my uncle had a rehearsal hall like this, next door, two doors from our house. So every show that was coming into the Apollo had to come there and rehearse. And then I would go downstairs back down at the Apollo in, in, the, in the, whole, the Apollo Hall to, to meet acts. But I would go down there and watch the acts. I would, you know, Fats Waller lived on 137th Street. And Fats would be down there practicing. I would go down there and watch Fats, you know. <laughs> you know, I would, go, I would go up to the Audubon Ballroom. We used to sneak up to the Audubon Ballroom. And I used to do shows there. They were me and Poppy. And they used to stick us under the table because it was a liquor, they had a liquor license. <laughs> so Saturday night, my mother getting us in there, and the cops would come and put us underneath the table. <laughs> and we would dance, and people would throw money. So we would have our hat, my brother would be the money picker up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, it was like, and, and you're so like in awe of those people. I don't know if you ever heard of Florence Mills. She was a yeah. she was a star of Broadway. Florence Mills was like she was in Shuffle Along. She was in uh, Chocolate Dandies. She she was with um, uh, Hubie Blake and Noble Thistle. And they used to come up to the he he was the one that taught us how to do the strut, the black bottom, cakewalk. Yeah, we did the cake, we did the cakewalk in my number, we did the strut in the number. I mean, we learned from those people, it, you know, and that's why today I see that you got to go back. You got to go back and find out whose shoulders you stand on. And there are books. You got to buy books. Yeah. There's, uh, what's her name, uh, Constance Valis Hill. She wrote Tap Dance in America. It's a big coffee table book. Rusty Franks wrote a book. Um, what's the name that you were with? Jane Goldberg. Yeah. yeah not the, the one that you went to, uh, Asia Gray. Oh, yeah. Asia wrote a book. Everybody wrote what they have learned. And there's another book that's called um, Stories of All the Great Tap Dancers. I think it's a book form in the back, uh, paperback. Read those stories, you know, how these people just, well, you see uh, Honey Cole danced on the corner. Charlie. Buster. People that have forgotten their they, they didn't have, they didn't have dancing schools back then. But they learned from each other. When big acts came in town, they learned. There's, there's so many. So, so when you're going, if you're going to go out and be a professional, listen to some music, 
and go and see a musician or somebody to write your music, how many choruses you want, how long you want to be, you know? And then number, you gotta have pictures made, and then you gotta go to agents to get booked. Because they don't have bookings like they had when I was coming along. It's very hard today. Because I, I had an agent and a manager. So I was booked 365 days a year. I worked 365 days a year. The only time I didn't work is if I didn't want to. So, so we do have to wrap it up. I want to thank the organizers, Anais, Megan, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you all for being here. Um, I've known this woman, I've known this woman, uh, deity for uh, 25 years of my life, and she has literally changed my life, enriched my life. Um, every time I'm in Montreal, I make an effort, effort. I make sure um, when I'm feeling when I'm feeling insecure in Toronto, which is often back me up. Often, I make a specific call, and every time, every time, um, there's always some kind of jewel, always some kind of pearl, and it makes me want to pay attention even more. Um, thank you, Ethel, for doing what you do, uh, and for thank being you so for giving. God giving me you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you liked what you heard, subscribe and give us a nice, robust five-star rating. One, two, three, four, five-star rating on iTunes. We'll be back next week with another wonder-filled guest. Until then, much love, one love, tap love. Peace.